Welcome to episode nine of Talking Rivals, a podcast about the best bleeping rivalry in all of baseball. I'm Patrick covering Boston, and this is Chris covering all things Yankees. What's up? How's it going? Much better than the last, than a few weeks ago, for sure. Yeah, I, w- I would hope so. I mean, <laughs> if it's not going good now, I don't know when it's going to go good for yeah, you guys. No. Definitely, man. It's it's going as good as it could be. Was it a nine-game streak? Yep, nine in a row. There you go. Since that, the um, since the uh, field of field of dreams games, I think. Oh, that's right. The last loss. Um, wow. Yeah, we ended like up two episodes ago. You you're on a streak. Yeah, it took two out of three against the White Sox. Finished up with the with the Angels, a makeup game there, beat them, and then it was you guys. Yeah, some some random series in the Bronx with Boston. Yeah. I don't know. And then right after that, which is great, it's like an exhibition game for us against Minnesota. Um, How'd that go? It's so incredible how the Yankees just completely own this team. I mean, for the last... Yeah, I saw that tweet. It was like 130 and... Yeah. I think 38. It's just... It's, it's, it's mind-boggling because the Twins have not been that bad the last no. decade or so. No, they're a perennial wild card. Yeah, ninety to ninety-five win team. Exactly, and for some reason, they just they just can't beat us in any sense. Playoffs, regular season. Um, right. and- if I'm wrong, I think it's my theory is they just never had a true number one to go up against Sabathia to go up against. Sure. I mean, okay. they had Johan for a while, but. Mm-hmm. I'm trying to think back. For the last I mean, when you thought of them, you always thought of Mauer, mm-hmm. Morneau, Torrey Hunter. They had the good ballpen with Joe Nathan. Yeah, that's true. Uh, but but you, never, you never had like a... You know what? You're right. You're right. When you think of it that way, who was there starting pitching other than, other than Santana? He's the only oh. guy I could think of right now. Uh, oh, let's look year. back. Recently, they've had Pineda. They've had, uh, you know, obviously Berrios the last yeah. couple of years. But before that, um, when did you last face them in the playoffs? Was it twenty? I remember the DD game when the Yankee Stadium went nuts with that home run. Yeah, that was what five so years that, ago. Four that years? had to be at least twenty eighteen. Yeah, maybe. Yeah, was that the? Yeah, I think that was eighteen. Okay, let's... who's that start? I think Santana. Urban Santana. Um, uh, that was 2017. Lost one nothing in the wild card game to the Yankees. Their top, yeah, you're right. Urban Santana was their top pitcher. Dude. And then Kyle Gibson, a young Barrios, Bartolo Colon. Oh my God. Yeah. Okay, yeah. so I guess there is a reason. <laughs> So there you go. They're a good team. Gets you to the, you know, like you said, a wild card maybe. Um, but but in even the regular season, we just constantly beat this team. I mean, uh, I mean, it's great for us. I, and I, then you guys, I, you guys with the Yankees beat them in 2010, and that was more with oh boy, Liriano. Okay, that's the that's the lefty I was forgetting. Yeah. So you had Carl Pavano. Francisco Liriano, you had a lot. It's similar to the Red Sox problem. You had good hitting, right? Good, and then you just had a lot of middle of the rotation guys. Yeah, which you can't in the playoffs. You need 
you need that alpha. Yep. You need that Garrett Cole, that Chris Sale. And we know that in the past couple of years without CC. Yeah. Why they spent all that money to get Cole, you know, for that exact reason. We needed that ace in the in the um in the playoffs. Yep. Since early CC. <laughs> so yeah, I mean, three games, the 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 Sunday game was washed out, obviously, because of the storm. But did you um, get any of the storm down in the city? Uh, yeah, it's got a lot of rain. No, no, okay. no much wind. You know, a lot of flooding down in Jersey. Yeah. Um, but um, yeah, just tons of rain, tons of water. Thankfully, no wind. Uh, I don't think as much damage as they were expecting. So that's a good thing. You know, um, it was just a lot of rain, so not bad. We'll take it. You know. Um, mm-hmm. So uh, yeah, those three games. Uh, the first game they won uh, seven to five. Tyone was pitching. Um, Green picked up the save, and then Friday night they won an easy one, ten to two. With uh, Cortez has been amazing for. He's us. been a godson for you guys. I mean, yeah. Without him, I don't know where. Is the ERA around two now? Something like that. Might be hovering right around two. Yeah. Yep. Two uh, two five six. Okay. Right now, which is amazing. That's yep. all I can say for a guy that we just picked up as a. Picked him up, and when you picked him up, I would have thought, looking at it from afar, that he was like, what, your fifth best lefty? Yeah, exactly. (laughs) You know, and now he turns out to be. Yeah, I I was expecting like a, you know, like a emergency starter for a starter too, and you know that kind of a pickup. But um, yeah, I mean, he's been a godsend right now. So, and then the final game, we had Cole going. So that was a 7-1 game. Uh, we, we got to uh, – what's his name? Uh, Mahita early, and he got – it looked like something was going on with his arm, his elbow or his forearm, something. Right. So uh, he got taken out early, but they they just got to him. And uh, did, How long did Cole go in that game? Um, did he go six? Okay. I know he just came back a couple starts ago, so I wondered if he was stretched out. Yeah, I think he went six. I could be wrong, but I thought it was about six. Because I know the game before he went like 95. Um, he went like 95. I could have swore he went like five or five and a third, and he went yeah. like 99 pitches maybe. Yeah, right around there. And I think they he went a little bit. I think he went into the sixth today. I think he finished the sixth, if I'm not mistaken. I'd have to look at the. Box scoring. Let's see in a second. Um, he went six innings and he threw 97 pitches. Okay. Five hits, no runs, struck out six. So, yeah, I mean, they're, they're starting to get healthy. You got Geo should be back uh, tonight because he had like three or four hits in his uh, rehab game yesterday. So, we're going to see him back. Oh, wow. Uh, yeah. Um, Severino, I, uh, he got good news. He went for that second opinion. I thought that was bad, but <clears throat> so no structural damage. So I think they're going to start, you know, letting him throw soon. So we might right. actually get him back for September, which would be a shock. But that, yeah, that's that's just gravy. It's just amazing. I mean, I see guys like Kluber coming back first. Right. Um, even Clark Schmidt. Yep. 
and Kluber hasn't pitched well in the in any of his starts, any of his rehab starts. But you know, he's not feeling any pain or anything like that. So, right. so. maybe they'll just keep throwing him in, uh, keep giving him rehab until he, you know, keep giving him rehab appearances until he gets a better feel for the uh, for, for the ball. I don't know. I don't know what's going on there. But hmm. um, yeah, I mean, if I think if Severino comes back, I think he's better in the bullpen. To be honest, right? You said um, he's done that before, right? Yeah, yeah. Okay, I, that would be great. Uh, in an inning or two, that would be amazing, especially in the in the playoffs. Having him come out throwing high nineties, that would be. Uh, yeah, your bullpen. If everything's healthy and and pitchers are pitching to their capability, your bullpen is pretty scary. Yeah, and that's the other thing. I don't know what's going on with Chapman. Uh, I haven't heard much about that, so. I don't know if that's good or bad, <laughs> you know, because <laughs> it, it's always it's either a positive or a negative when you don't hear anything much about them. But uh, yeah, so, um, yeah. And then we got uh, Atlanta coming up the next two games. So we'll see what's uh, what what happened with Boston after the. the uh, well, it started off, started off well, don't most things. And then Friday, Friday night was a good game. They beat Texas in Fenway. But it's Texas, but still, it was sale pitching, so it was an exciting game for me to watch. He only went five innings, but he only gave up five hits, one walk, and five strikeouts. And they cruised to a win, and you're thinking, okay, they're going to get right against Texas over the weekend. And then came Saturday night, and this, I keep saying it, but this one was definitely the worst loss of the year on Saturday night. They're at home. They lose 10-1. to 1. They manage five hits and they commit five errors. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> um, and all sorts of errors, throwing errors, uh, trying to pick a guy off the first base and the ball goes in the right field. And then there was another two plays. They could have easily had seven errors in the game. It was, um, it was ugly. It got ugly fast. There right. was a smattering of booze. Um, I forgot who the starter was for Texas, but the guy had like a career five ERA. Um, A lot of Red Sox Twitter were saying it was just like the Haney game. Mm. I think it was worse than that because with the defense too, I mean, all facets of the game, they were just asleep. And then the last thing you wanted was from Boston's perspective is to have to wait to get back out there to put that game behind you, which they had to do because Sunday was postponed and they're currently playing right now. And last I checked, they were up two nothing. So okay. you win, if you win two out of three against Texas at home, I guess it's a good thing. But I mean, when you're looking up at so many teams right now, when you're tied for the second wild card spot, you got to win. You got to win three out of three against Texas. Yeah. I'm sorry. It's just, I mean, it's that old saying, you just win series and you just keep accumulating wins, but there's certain series right now. If you're playing Baltimore, Texas in the American league, you got to pencil in three, especially at home. Yeah. Oh, definitely. That that's, you know, like I, that goes back to like, if you play Baltimore, um, you know, like the Yankees were playing Minnesota, you got to win those games. Yeah, those are games you got to say, okay, we got to win this. Yep, was that so? 
Yeah, and when you and lose- then we play, um, we go, we stay at home for three against Minnesota, and then three on the road in Cleveland this coming week. And I'm not sure what to expect with either of those series, to be honest with you. Just when you think that Minnesota, I mean, they they traded most of their talent away by the trade deadline, but they've still. I mean, you can speak to it better because you just saw them play. They still have some talent. Yeah, so. a little bit. Not much, though. They <laughs> No, and I'm not saying that in a bad way. You know, like they don't have Nelson Cruz anymore. True. Um, you don't have an ace pitcher right up there either. So right. That's a series you got to win. If you're bored, yeah, Oh, yeah. Especially if it's at home. I'm yeah. penciling in. I'm not putting it in pen. I'm penciling two out of three. Yeah. And then three on the road in Cleveland. Cleveland's another team that just—I don't know what yeah. you're going to get from them. Yeah, at least they got some pitching there. You know, they're not going to like score a lot of runs, so it's going to be an ugly series, I yeah. think. Yeah, but that, so hopefully you win. It's on the road. You win two out of three. You go right. four and two next week, and that's not horrible. Yeah, but okay, if the yeah. Yankees keep on winning, four right. and four and two is not great. If the Yankees go six and zero, oh. right? Well. That's the problem. I don't see that happening because first we got the two games against Atlanta. Okay. You know, that's going to be a tough series because Atlanta's, I think they've won nine in a row as well. So yeah, they're getting hot. Yeah. So, and then after that, which is the worst one is we got four games in Oakland, which. Okay. We, I don't know who I'm rooting for there. Yeah. We always have problems at Oakland. So I'm not. So I'm Actually, I'm just hoping for two and two. Yeah. So both, both Oakland and the Yankees kind of just tread water. Yeah, that would be uh, probably the best bet because you don't want one of them to take off. and Right. Because um, you guys are, what, up two and a half on Oakland and us? Yeah, right I believe now? so. Yep. Yeah. So that's uh, – that's yeah, next week is big. Oh, this week, I should say, is big for us. You know, you got right there. I know Boston after today only has 36 games left. Oh, okay. So it's getting – as Yogi would say, it's getting late early. Oh, yeah. <laughs> that's uh that's definitely it we have 37 37 after tonight yeah so yeah it's definitely getting late very quick right now because uh um yeah time is running out for teams if you're if you're not on if you're not hot now you may as well just pack it up and uh yeah and go home this is when you got to get hot this is it <laughs> there's no more all right we'll get them we still got 40 games, 50 games. No, 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 no. Now you got 30-ish games left. This is it. And like you said, with the no waivers, trade deadline waivers, this is your team. Yeah. You might have September call-ups, but that's that's pretty much a crapshoot, I think, September call-ups. Yeah. You don't know what you're getting. Yeah, you could get, you know, you could get a guy. You could get lightning in a bottle, get get a Shane Spencer, but yeah, it's a it's a possibility, but like you said, you don't know what you're gonna get. What you got is what you got right now with, with your guys. Yeah. And um and wh- what do we have? We have one more series together? Yes, three games in September in Fenway. Yeah. So that's, that's the only good thing about that series coming up is that it's in Fenway. Yeah. It's the only silver lining I can find right now. I mean, because at the start of the year, we couldn't lose to you guys. And then now Boston does not want to face the Yankees. Yeah. I mean, the, the words out of the clubhouse yesterday 
from Saturday's debacle of a game from Alex Cora was disappointing, unacceptable, some some harsh language. I mean, rightfully so. Mm. But um, you don't like to hear that coming down the stretch. No, but no. you know what? I, I don't want to say he's getting desperate or anything, but now's the time to do it because you got to get these, like I was saying, you, this is it. This is the time you got to get hot. If you're not hot by now, yeah, and Boston, and like you said, I think Cora is getting a little desperate. He's changing the lineup every day. Mm. Um, he flipped Boga, he flipped Devers from two to five in the order. Um, Verdugo is batting all over the place. He'll go from two one day to eight the next. I'm all for flexibility and positional flexibility, which is one reason I think why the Yankees are doing so well right now. Mm-hmm. And I think Boston owe, owed a lot of their first half surge to positional flexibility and maneuverability on the roster. But at a certain point, the dog days of summer, you, you want to have, at least for me, I want to have my team have a certain lineup that you know is going to go out there and get right. four at bats a game yep. and have an idea of where they're going to be batting. It's, no, agree, it's yeah. every day. It's changing. The, the cleanup hitter is like you pick it out of a bag. I pick it out of a hat right now, which is trying not to ideal. something that's going to work. You know, it's he's trying. Yeah, to I think I think Cora is just looking for a spark. And mm-hmm. um, what's How his is, name? Uh, he's play first base sometime this week. Um, Schwarber. He's How finally he playing left field today. How's he done offensively? Um, he, he's, he's offensively. Yeah. Yeah. He's, he comes as advertised. He hasn't hit a home run yet, but, um, a lot of walks, a lot of really good at bats. He length, he lengthens their lineup. He gives you a really good at bat. Um, like I said, it's going to be a lot of walks and a lot of doubles since he's come over. He's bad at 375. He just doesn't have any home runs or RBIs, but right. he's six for 16, three doubles, six walks, only four strikeouts. So, like I said, a lot of, a lot of walks and a lot of doubles. Yeah. Just waiting for the power to come. But that's, I'm not worried about that. If that's the last thing to show up, I think, I think Boston will be fine. And you know what? In looking at the, at the Yankee records, in against you know against the divisional teams that we kind of talked about it last week when you think about it boston they're six and ten right now against boston the yankees so yeah. if they win uh that series to, let's say if they take a, another sweep they're going to finish nine and ten against boston which is basically what you get every year with yeah. boston right like a 500 you know one way or the other yeah it's it's just it comes down to baltimore right and baltimore's going to decide this the division, I think they yeah. always do. Tampa Bay, we got three more games left with them, and we're seven and nine against them now. So, if you can go can five hundred against Boston and Tampa, if you're the Yankees, then you just beat up. You got to beat up Baltimore and play above average with t- Toronto. Yeah, Toronto, we're right now six and six. <laughs> okay, and ba- Baltimore, we're only eight and five, but we do have six more games, I guess. So that's okay. So if you win five out of six, five out of six, then you're, then you're talking. Right. Not bad. 
could be better, but it's not bad. And right now, Baltimore's in a super free fall, right? 18 straight, I think they've lost. Yeah, I feel I feel bad for Baltimore fans. I'm complaining, and Boston's still in the playoff right. race. <laughs> and I'm, I'm, you know, acting like it's the Titanic. Meanwhile, Baltimore is – how many games out are they? They are 38 and 85. They've taken oh. over the worst record in all of baseball. That is so bad. They are 27 back in the loss column of fourth place. That's horrible. It's so <laughs> bad. I mean, and they got no. 30, they're 38 games back of the Rays. And they're a team that doesn't spend on free agents, really. Nope. And they're having a career year from Mullins. They're just completely yeah. wasting it. And they, what's his name? Just retired, right? Um, Chris Davis. Chris Davis, and that contract's going to weigh them down for the next, what, 10, 20 years? Yeah, I don't know if they can defer some of that money, but it's still money. I mean, he signed, what was it, like seven-year? It's not horrible. It's not like a pool holes, you know, 35 a year, but it's still like $25 million a year, right. I think. Yeah, it's, it's, it's not good. And... <laughs> I just feel bad, and, and it's like there's no easy way out, and they've been kind of rebuilding for how many years now? And they're going to yeah. rebuild for the next... They, they're going to rebuild until they, I think, until they spend money in pitching, starting right. pitching. They have a really good player that I think will be their starting catcher opening day next year, Adley Rushman. Mm-hmm. And that'll bring us into the next topic with the prospect list, the updated MLB just updated their top 100. I believe Rushman is first on the list. Yes, he's number one. Um, he was a obviously a top pick. He's going to be, from everything I've seen and read about him, I haven't done a deep dive into most of the prospects, but with Rushman, the ceiling, the floor is Matt Wieters. Right. And the ceiling is like a Joe Maurer. Wow. That's a. So if you're getting, I mean, I know that's a, that's a big swing. Yeah. <laughs> it's a big difference. But if you're telling me he's going to be, a, you know, five to 10 year starter at the least yeah. at a premium position. And Wieders wasn't bad. I mean, that guy's right. hung around for a long time right. too. So, but if you can get a Joe Maurer out of that, oof, even five years of Maurer. Right. You know, just to- they just need to – I mean, they have Mancini. They have Mullins. They have this kid Rushman coming up. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, they have some serviceable that. bats. They mm-hmm. just – they need pitching. They need to go – I don't know if you, if you think it's a waste, but they need to go this offseason. Either smart with their dumpster diving like they're doing because they keep on striking out with – you know, Matt Harvey and look what the Giants are doing. That's what they should be doing. I think if you're going to go the route of free agent starting pitchers and not spend a big boatload, if you're not going to go after like a coal or, you know, and break the bank, I think you've got to do what the Reds or what the Giants are doing. Get the Alex Woods, the De Scafani's. You just got to pick them. You got to pick them right. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. And, but I think they got to go 
big for at least one pitcher. Right. Right. I don't know if, you know, Scherzer is a guy that you want to go hopefully develop. I would say that the idea is to develop one, sign a, a, a real good one, and then kind of fringe market, get another one. And that's three fifths of your bulk of your starting rotation. The guy that they're, I think, is is eighth in the top ten right now on the prospect list. How, how close is he to the? Do you know, a guy named Grayson Rodriguez. What do you? I at? haven't seen him. Oh, okay, so I'm, I'm curious yeah. what, what level he's at. See, um, you know, you know, if he's double A, then maybe okay. You know, you might see him pretty soon. Let's see, six five two twenty. Big he was kid. taken right out of high school, 11th overall in 2018. Oh, so he might be uh, close to being ready. That's yeah, he's in double A. He okay. lit up high A ball this year as a 21-year-old. He's in double A pitching this year in between high A and double A. He's eight and one with a 2.5 ERA. Wow. Mm. So that's an interesting name to think maybe next year. He has 135 strikeouts in 85 innings. Wow. Hmm. That's interesting. Okay. So if you figure if he turns out to be something, you go out and you sign another guy, that's two right there. Then you're starting to talk. Right. Yeah. Then you could, you know, maybe piece together, uh, you know, a a wild card team. Maybe because you know, you got the Yankees and Red Sox are always going to be up there. Right. Every year. And then Toronto. <laughs> and Toronto, Toronto, Toronto's. Oh, Toronto's gonna be such a pain in the neck the next few years with that offense. I don't care what pitching they get, that team's yeah. always gonna be a pain in the neck. So yeah. and, and that get, brings us to our prospect list. Yeah. MLB just updated the list. I think they do it two times a year, or maybe even three times. I know there's baseball America, there's MLB. We'll just go by MLB. Um, I think they do it preseason during the season, which right. we're going to talk about, and then maybe even after the season. So at least two times a year. Yeah. The Red Sox have three players on the list, but I'm not going to talk about Duran because he's already in the big leagues. Mm-hmm. But um, their number one prospect, according to them, according to MLB, is the number nine overall, Marcelo Meyer. He's a shortstop, and he's the guy that got that got drafted this year. So he's the highest. He is. Let me say this right. He is the highest ranked from this year's draft class, even though he went number four overall. Mm. And they they say he's got at at least four above average or better tools. He'll be able to stick at shortstop defensively has all the tools you look for in a future everyday shortstop. The best defender in this draft, complete profile on both sides of the ball, give him an all-star ceiling. Hmm. He's a lefty hitter. Um, He's 6'3", 180. He just homered in back-to-back games in the Florida Gulf Coast. So He's a couple years away. Yeah, he's a couple years away. He's 18. He's just out of high school, but – they say he's a maturity team because he's been playing in California. So, like, he decided to stop switch hitting, I think, in eighth grade. 
<laughs> I don't even know who makes those decisions. In eighth grade. Yeah, that's pretty amazing. <laughs> yeah. The kid's 13 years old. I'm thinking about taking out braces and he's, you know, worried about his swing for the next level. But from everything that I've seen, as far as his high school, his videos and his swing, he looks the part. He looks like he he's a very smooth player. Right. He's got really quick hands. He his hips. Not to get too much into it, but his hips when he when he um he's got a smooth swing. His hands and his hips are quick. He's got light feet and he's got a projectable frame. And how's the and, uh, the other guy, the first baseman? Yeah, and the first baseman, I think he's going to be. I think he's going to be the starting first baseman next year, Tristan Cassis. Mm-hmm. He's the guy that um, they're calling him Captain America because he oh. helped. Yeah. Right. Yeah, he helped uh, lead the Olympic team. I think he had three home runs or four mm. in the Olympics. Yeah, I did see a game or two with him. They say time. this was going into the year on SoxProspects.com. They list him as a ceiling of an all-star capable of hitting for both average and significant power. Looks the part of a prototypical bat first, first baseman capable of anchoring a lineup. Uh, Projects to add some value defensively at first base. Strong instincts and feel for the game. Mm. So he's, I mean, he's 6'6", 250. Wow. And he is 20... I think he's not even 22 yet and he just got the triple a, but he was, he was raking between the Olympics and double a. So I, I would project him to be the starting first baseman next year. Hmm. That's- and then, um, yeah, that's, that's our two main guys. What about uh, the Yankee list? I know Volpe was up there. Yeah. Volpe moved up. He came out of nowhere. He's 15th now. Um, in their midseason top 100 prospects, uh, we most most of us Yankee fans have been hearing about him now for the past month or so, and he's just skyrocketing. I think he's in A right now, High A. I think High A, Hudson Valley. Mm-hmm. And he's been tearing it up. I see the updates all the time come up. Hit a home run, two hits, three. You know, like and, yeah. I uh, sent you that thing with Sweetie Murdy went to the yeah. game. Said Yankee fans are going to enjoy him for a decade. I would have liked to have seen him get up to at least double A this year. So this way there's a chance of him possibly given a chance in spring training to maybe make the team as the shortstop next year, but I don't think so now, but Peraz is the other guy too. There's another shortstop that they really like, and he's not the top 20. I think he's right outside the 20. If I'm not mistaken. I think he's, Oh no, I'm sorry. He's 64th out of the top 100. Um, Okay. That's another. Which one out of those two projects to stay at shortstop, or did they both? Yeah, I've been hearing the same for both. Kind of, they can, they're able to play there, but they might be better here. You know, so maybe one does stick at short, and the other one sticks at second. I that's. I didn't know if there was a hands down, alpha like great defender out of the two of them. I thought Peraza. I thought was the better defender, but I thought. Volpe was the better hitter, but both are right there, obviously. And what I'm curious is, are they going to keep both? Are they going to put one at second, one at short? Or is one going to go to short and the other guy they're going to use as trade bait for somebody? You know, like a Yeah, I, it's going to be interesting. I've been following Volpe ever since, um, ever since he got drafted out of high school because he was 
what's his name's teammate in high school? Um, Jack Leiter. Oh, okay. Yeah. At the, I think at the Del Barton school in Jersey. So imagine that high school team, but <laughs> um, <laughs> he, to me, Volpe is the shortstop of the future for you guys. Peraza uh-huh. is the second baseman. And then that leaves Torres as the main, as the odd man out. But Again, with prospects, what do you what do you think is a good average for prospects? You hit fifty percent of them. That would be great, but that I would be think, great. Yeah, I don't think most hit <laughs> that high. I but, mean, I, I mean, at the top prospects. Yeah, um, that would be nice. I don't, I don't think you hit. Well, I mean, you might hit uh, as a decent player, right? As as a contributor, not not as like you know the next Eric Jeter. Yeah, I don't know if it's yeah, you might I you Maybe know what one out of three? Yeah, that's that's probably a better I th- I for me I think it is. Um okay, know, so can, I'm curious, but I don't think you can bank on having Volpe and Peraza both right. That's what I mean. I think your starter. That's what I mean. I think I think chances are they're gonna trade one and keep one. Right. And the guy they you know, obviously they keep is the one that they think is the the better of the two. Um, and then, of course, you got Dominguez, who we've been hearing for a couple of years now as the next uh, Mike Trout or whatever. Um, so if one of those three that you just mentioned for the Yankees point of view, it's as a 10 year starter, all star for a couple of years. That's pretty good. I would think so. If one of them is <clears throat> that type of player and another one is a pretty decent player for a decade, I would take that, too. You know, I'm not yeah. asking for all three to be. Uh, you know, the next uh, core three or core four, but yeah. um, it, w- it would be nice. It, w- it would be nice because I think Yankee fans uh, prefer to see their, you know, the prospect guy come up and it's our guy, you know, not yep. we don't trade for a guy or sign a guy. At least I know I have to me seeing Jeter, Pettit, Posada, Bernie, all those guys come through our system and, you know, we've seen them from day one until the day they retired, actually. You have a vesting interest. You feel yeah. like you're kind of there with them. Yeah. And, and see and, them grow up. Yeah. And then you could you could see their stories as they're going up. And you hear these crazy stories about some of them. You know, like Rivera almost got traded for uh, Felix Fermin. Yeah. From uh, <laughs> Seattle, you know, because they needed a shortstop because Tony Fernandez got hurt. And until Torrey said, no, no, I believe in. Jeter, I think he could handle the position. He could be our starter. You know, if that doesn't happen, you know, we traded away the greatest closer of all time for a, you know, a garbage shortstop. So <clears throat> there's stories like that with Jeter if, as well. If you that know. doesn't happen, <clears throat> how many World Series do you think the Yankees win? I don't think there's nowhere near. Maybe one? Yeah, maybe. I don't know. Depends on who they get as their closer. Maybe they outslug a team one year? Yeah. I don't know. He's such... He's probably the most important player of the dynasty, without yes. a doubt. Yeah. I would think here's a bigger in the way that it started. Bernie is the more important one to get it started because yeah. he was the first one to come up um, as the first prospect. And wasn't that you know, like the old Columbus Clippers? Yeah, and that was like Gene Michael saying, "Listen, we got all these young kids. Let's build through the farm system and all that stuff." If Bernie doesn't hit you know, hit, I mean, not just hitting, but you know what I mean? If he doesn't come up and produce the way he did 
Oh yeah, then Gene Michaels looks. Then no one's trusting the process. Right. And no then Cyburn is going back to trading these guys for a veteran and going with that, that whole thing. So I thought Bernie, yeah, in the World Series and the games itself, yeah, Rivera was definitely the most important. But Bernie was the one that, if he doesn't, that's a good hit, point about Bernie. You forget yeah. about you don't forget about him, but I, I think a lot of fans do because you only hear core four, you don't hear core five, and right? And he's the original one. He's the, like you said. He's the catalyst. Simple as that. If he doesn't do well, we don't have Jeter. We don't have Rivera. We don't have Posada. We don't have Pettit. We don't have any of those guys. So, And looking at this list from both Yankees and Red Sox point of view, the one thing that is glaring is the lack of pitching. Mm -hmm. The lack of at least, maybe there's depth at that position and there's not quite, but there's not quite a number one, a future number one ace, at least for the Red Sox. I don't know about the Yankees because Heel or Gill and he was is looking, is looking better and better. But right. And he wasn't supposed to be that guy. You know, right. that's, that's the scary part. A guy like Clark Schmidt was supposed to be that guy. Michael Keaton. Right was supposed to be that guy but so far you know Clark Smith is is working his way back yes so the jury's still out Michael King from what we've seen so far I would say no I don't think he's going to be the ace and when you look back the last Yankee prospect that we've drafted and gone through our system and become an ace pitcher has been Andy Pettit yep that's pretty sad the Red Sox it was I want to say John Lester Mm -hmm. or Clay Buckholz maybe Oh, yeah. Buckholz Buckholz is not on the level of Pettit. So I would say John Lester. Yeah. But I mean, Buckholz at least was a two or a three, you know, for. Yeah. Right. So. Yeah. The Red Sox top three pitchers after the players that I just mentioned, one of them is already in the big leagues. Hauk. They still list him as a as a prospect because he hasn't pitched enough innings. But then the next one is a 25 year old who's pitching well, but he's 25. Yeah. That's so yeah. Our our big one coming up is is a lot like Clark Schmidt and that he's projectable and he's supposed to be the next coming, but he hasn't put it all together yet. I just would have liked being being a fan of Boston and watching the Yankees. I would have liked to see that alpha, that number one ace pitcher in the in the minor league system coming up. That would have been kind of fun to see and you know it's, it's a, one, a while the one thing I, I was looking at this article with the top 100 and the one thing i found pretty amazing was after all the moves the padres have made to get to this point and we'll get to where they are now in the standings and everything but to get to a point where they're where they're a legit contender they're not a horrible team anymore drafting high and all that and the trades that they've made they still got a pretty good farm system. You and know, that's with a lot of people sleeping on Mackenzie Gore. Right. He, he plummeted down the list. Hmm. He went from top five to, I think, in the 60s. Wow. Um, but they have, they have a top shortstop, Abrams. Yep, number six overall. So, yeah, no, they, um, I, they I have kept their system – their system was very, it had to have been very deep to begin with, but they've kept a top 10 organizational system and still supplemented their big league team. 
Yeah, I mean, and then you, you look at some of the other, the, the other names make sense, the Marlins, the Mariners, the Orioles. Uh, your, your team is up there. As We're finally in the top 10. Yeah. But like Red Sox Twitter likes to say, you can't, you're not winning based on organizational depth, not, not at the big league level oh, yet. No. But it's, you know what, it's good to know that you got some of these players waiting in the wings that'll be hopefully up here soon. You know, but the, the names are normal. Royals, Nationals, D-backs, and the Blue Jays. That's the team I think we really got to watch out for in the next few years, yep. that offense. But So that's that's pretty interesting. Some some names that we're probably going to be talking about in the next few years. Which definitely, is- definitely, without a doubt. And the Rays are always going to have players up there. Yeah, they always of do. Of course, because <laughs> that's what the Rays do. Yeah. And then breaking out of just the Red Sox-Yankees, kind of big picture with the MLB. Um, I know the hall of fame ceremony is on, it's coming up quick. It's on September 8th and there's nobody going in from this year's class. There's nobody in the class, right? No, Kurt Schilling was the closest one. And apparently, obviously they didn't vote him in. And apparently he said, I don't want to be judged by a bunch of writers. I want to be judged by the veterans committee. Okay. So. I think he took his name off the list. He ba- he basically had a hissy fit and said, "I'm taking my toys and going home." Don't ju- don't judge me until a few years have gone. I th- my theory is that they're scared of what he might say when he gets up there. And... But wh- what do you think they're afraid of of him saying? Like, well, what is the uh, well? He's gone into a lot of. Uh, um, you think it's about steroids, or do you think it's more about like political stuff? Like, oh, I think it's both. I think it's everything with him. It, it's everything and anything is on the table. Um, I'd be almost curious to hear what he'd have to say. Not that I'm saying I agree or disagree. With right, yeah, yeah. Just out of curiosity, like, what is this crazy guy going to say? You know? <laughs> yeah, I mean, I know he he went bankrupt. He lost hundreds of millions of dollars wow. in a video game venture. I don't know all the details, but then after that, he just kind of went off the rails. Yeah. Hmm. I don't know if they're scared of what he's going to say with the vaccine, with politics, with steroids, uh, if he's going to name names and say, you know, you think I was doing steroids? Well, that guy I actually saw do steroids. That's Hmm. not a good look for Hall of Fame weekend. Definitely not. (laughs) <laughs> that's that would be kind of crazy but but the hall of fame ceremony will be on the 8th and it'll be all 2020 so you get to see um the captain capitan right jeter of course that's we're all been waiting for it'd be great to see him up there um you know because he he deserves it man he's oh yeah like you said i mean there's not many yankee players that you would look at and be like you know what that that guy's you don't not that you were rooting for him, but I, I was never. I know you don't hate the guy, but I know what you mean. Yeah, I he Jeter and Rivera were the two that I'm gonna boo, but he's Jeter is my version of Tom Brady. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like for for a Jets fan, how they view Tom Brady. Yeah, you're gonna well, boom, you're gonna root against them, but at the end of the day, you just kind of you gotta respect like them. Pedro said, you tip your cap and that's it. <laughs> it's so true, you know. Um, and the other guy was Larry Walker. 
yep. right, that's going in. I thought, you know what, watching Larry Walker, yeah, he was an MVP play, um, uh, Hall of Fame player. Problem is he did get hurt a lot, so the games weren't there. You know, like I think he only went over 140 games once in his career. Or... So he never got to compile yeah, stats. But... but when he played, I mean, this guy, five-tool, could do everything, just a great all-around hitter, uh, fielder. He, did, he just – he was. I mean – Does the Colorado thing scare you at all? Uh, I don't know. You still got to – you still got to do what you got to do. You know what I mean? You still got to put up the numbers. And he did get traded to the Cardinals – so and he raked when he was in montreal too right that that too right before he even went there so i i i don't know i'm i'm yeah i'm sure that the numbers got a little bit elevated there but um you know what when you look at his other numbers they were they were just as good it's not like his numbers got so much better there than they were anywhere else he did play in colorado during his prime so yeah his numbers are going to be better there and he played in the prime to open it up even more he Played in the prime of the steroid era. Right. I never heard anything about him, but. No, I don't think he did. He was pretty consistent his whole career. He did start to, you know, his numbers started to go down once he got a little bit older, 36, 37, you know. But, um, yeah, he's he's all a famer, multiple gold gloves, MVP. To me, he was on a level just above but comparable. Well, no, he was above this guy, but. Carlos Beltran, yeah. just a smooth swing, could do multiple things on a baseball field, very consistent. And he's another name you could think of that probably has a shot to get in, I would say. Yeah. But, but then but that yeah. brings us to the question of steroids, <laughs> um, you know, how you view – I know next year going, hopefully going in is David Ortiz. Oof. And I think that year with him is A-Rod. Yeah, he's definitely not getting in. A-Rod. Without it, I don't see him getting in. And I'm, I, I'll go, I know, I, this is how I feel, right? If you're going to let a steroid guy in, then you got to let them all in. And here's the other thing. There's players in the Hall of Fame right now that took steroids. Whether people want to believe that or not, there are players right now in the Hall of Fame that took steroids. Without right? a doubt. Yeah. I mean, you're going to tell me Pudge Rodriguez didn't take steroids? Yeah. You got to be blind not to say that he didn't take steroids. So there are players in there right now. Bagwell is another possibility. Piazza, you know, that there was always. But he, uh, sorry, I, I think he got to fail a test, though. Right. And that's. You got to show me more than just. Oh, come on, look at his stats or or look at his body oh, no, type. Yeah. So do we take that? So do we take that um that positive list that the New York Times put out that nobody was supposed to see? If it's verifiable, it? I don't care if we weren't supposed to see it or not. Right. And if it's now, if it's in black and white and it's you can you can point to something and that's evidence, yeah. I think you go by that. on that list, right? Yep. So then Ortiz, you know what? I'll stay consistent. I'll say Ortiz does not go to the Hall of Fame. He just he gets a plaque and his number retired in Fenway. And that's that. Now, here's my thing. Bond, this is where it gets, it gets tricky. 
right. Bonds and Clemens. Right. And Bonds never tested positive. Am I correct? He never he never tested positive, but there was more evidence with him as far as that Balco labs. Right. And obviously the numbers, you have to be crazy. There were some receipts <laughs> and there, all I'm saying is there's got to be there's got to be evidence. There's got to be paperwork or emails or receipts. And also, too, like this is where I think it gets a little it get you know, the the line gets very blurred is that. The, their numbers, their stats are still legit. They're still in the Hall of Fame. They still yeah. are celebrated. Barry Bonds is still the home run leader. I know most fans don't think that way. And I could, I, listen, I'm not saying they're wrong to think that way because they know he took steroids. You have to be blind not to think that. But until Major League Baseball starts putting asterisks next to their names, they're legit. So if their numbers are legit, if you're celebrating their numbers, then they should be in the Hall of Fame. Yeah, That's there's a couple. There's a couple of. I mean, there's more than a couple. There's there's two ways to look at it, but there's a couple right. of arguments for putting steroid users into the Hall of Fame, and I think one of them with Pe- uh, Pedro, Jesus, uh, with uh, Clemens and right. Bonds is the argument that not the argument. I mean, you look at their numbers; they were Hall of Famers. If you say, okay, in, at this year, at 2000, they started, or right, 2000, yeah. or 2000, whatever it is, you can still point to a before steroids, they were Hall of Famers. Right. Because like before steroids, I think you could agree that Barry Bonds was still, you know, a uh, 350, 400 home run guy. Oh, at least. Multiple home uh, steals, gold yeah. gloves. No doubt both would have made it. And I think Clemens, they say he started in Toronto, like the year he left Boston. Right. That was like his last iffy year with with Boston, remember? And they they got rid of him because they didn't. Exactly. So my point is that they went from Hall of Famers to all-time Mount Rushmore greats. Right. And it bothers To me, the guys guys like Bonds, guys like A-Rod, Clemens, those are the guys that bother me the most because they had unbelievable talent, Hall of Fame talent already yeah. without taking steroids, yeah. and they had to get greedy. You know, like if they would have just said, hey, I think it goes back to the ego, the, yeah, the personality, absolutely. and just the way they're wired. Oh, and I think it's more that's more bonds, I think, than any of any of the other ones. Bonds, because Bonds seen what happened with McGuire and Sosa and says, Wow, yes. these guys are doing it. Why can't I get that? And then the yeah, I'm not year. getting I'm not getting as much headlines and I'm getting right. 40 home runs, 40 stolen bases. Right. I'm MVP every year and these guys are getting the headlines. That's not yep. right. You know, Clemens, I could see why he did it. Maybe he thought his career was coming to an end. To me, the villain is A-Rod. It always yeah. goes back to A-Rod. I think personally, I just I I just think he's two-faced i think there's oh, the public <laughs> when the camera comes on there's the public face and then i but he was supremely talented i mean he was what in the big leagues at 18 yep i mean he 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 would have been a first bound hall of famer without the stuff i think and my theory is that he got so close to immortality that he could taste it mm-hmm. that he and it was available so he just went for it, but he would have been a first ballot without it. Yeah. I think when he went to Texas is when he started taking, 
Yeah. Seattle, he was that skinny kid and he was just, he was just this unbelievable player. And yep. with Texas, he just went through the roof, unbelievable player, 50 homers, 50, you know, whatever. He was just, but I mean, even at the end with Seattle, he, he could have not done any steroids and mm-hmm. put up 40 home run seasons as a shortstop. And that's in Seattle, no less. Yes. Which is not that's exactly in an airport a, hangar of a stadium. Right. Like te- you go to Texas where, you know, people hit homers like crazy over there. So, yeah, it's it, I, those are the players I, I just get sick of when when I think I, I don't I don't blame the guys that were like borderline major leaguers. That's right. The guys that are hanging on, you go from, you tell me if you're batting 220 and you're hanging on and you're looking for that next paycheck. Right. And if a guy goes, you know what, you could take this and you'll be a 300 hitter and hit 30 home runs and you'll be in the majors. And you know what, in five years, who cares what they say? You look what the contract you're going to sign. So another murky thing is how to quantify what the steroids did. Right. I don't think we, we could ever see like you can never there's never going to be no. a formula where you can say this guy went from. I mean, you could look at the stats and say this guy went from a 220 hitter to 260. Mm-hmm. Um, I think the power numbers is where you can quantify it, but I don't know. I don't know. I it's yeah. marking. There's right. a lot of shadows and. Mm-hmm. Right. And that's I think that's the hardest part when debating this whole uh, steroid thing, because how much how much more did they get out of the steroids? Was it 20 home runs a year? Was it 50 right. home runs a year? Was it 20 points on their average? Was it, you know, it's, for me, point. one of the beauties of our baseball has always been and always will be. There's a lot of things to love about baseball, but for me, one of the, the number one things is. There's no, there's no prototypical height, weight, body type to being to being a great player. Right. You could be David Ortiz, or you could be Dustin Pedroia. You could pitch like Pedro, or you could be a prototypical jacked up guy. And steroids takes that away. It takes right. that out of the equation. It takes what I think is the charm of baseball, the everyman sport. Mm-hmm. where you know you could be out of shape but if you have quick hands and soft feet you could be a great player right so now these guys looking like they you know you know looking like they should be playing for the patriots of the jets coming off the bus right so to me that kind of ruined part of what i fell in love with i agree here's a little side note to I just want to you brought up the name Dwight Evans before Larry Walker for right fielders in war okay is 11th in war at 72.7 okay first place is Babe Ruth 162 which is ridiculous but what is his war 162.7 so he's worth two two and change of Larry Walker right (laughs) if that makes sense but here's the thing, Dwight Evans, okay, is this 15th, top ten, right? Fifteenth in war okay. overall. And the only guys above him are Hall of Famers. Aren't in the Hall of Fame is just Shoeless Joe Jackson. Yeah, I mean And there's many guys underneath him that you are know it too. You know it just as well as I do. Right field in Fenway is one of the hardest positions to play. Right. 
I mean, some of the guys below him in, in war, right fielders, Dave Winfield at 64, Guerrero, 59, um, yeah. Enos Slaughter. Elmer yeah, Gu- Guerrero was one of those where you just saw him and you knew he was a Hall of Famer, yeah. even if his stats, his stats were great, but even if they weren't otherworldly. Right. He's like a Pedro. You see them play and that's a Hall of Famer. All right, so you said Dwight Evans. Give me like, give me two more guys outside of the steroid guys that should be in the Hall of Fame. Don Manningly. You think he should be in the Hall of Fame? Yes. Hmm, okay. <laughs> I'm going to I'm going to surprise you. I'm going to go with two Yankees. Well, Man- <laughs> Manningly and Munson. Munson I agree with. Yeah. Munson I think did enough. I I think Manningly um the really quick comparison is for me he's he's to first baseman what similar as far as longevity what Koufax was to pitchers. If you look at their stats in totality yeah. It doesn't tell the whole story. Right. Yeah, because if you – going by war, Mattingly is 39th in war. Overall? Overall. And that, how many of the top 38 are in? Uh, are there any that are out of the Hall of Fame? Uh, 10, 11, 12, 13, 14, 15, 16, 17. Probably a couple of active players. 20, 21 above him are in. Okay. That means 18 are not. Like Fred McGriff, obviously, is above him. Right. Uh, but Fred McGriff was more of a compiler than he was, to my mind. He was steady his whole career. Should he should he be a Hall of Famer, Fred McGriff? Yes. Well, Maybe a couple of guys. Committee? Yeah, he's gonna get he's gotta get in. I think and two other guys that were above him that are gonna go in are Cabrera and Votto. Oh. I think I think Votto's gonna get in too. You know, a lot okay, of people. well, if you put Votto in, then you can make a case for Mattingly, I think. Yeah, Votto's more of the, the like, the new era of baseball, yeah. on-base guys. Yeah. That, you know, I mean, he, you, you know it based on our talks. As I, I love digging into war and advanced stats as much as the next guy, if not more. But there's certain players where you can just watch them play and you can say, you can go to a game with a buddy and say, pick out the one guy on the field that's a Hall of Famer. I'm not going to tell you which guy it is. Right. And by the end of an average game, you're going to, you're going to, you oh, would yeah. have picked out Manningly. Pujols is another one that's on the list that's obviously not in yet, but he'll go in. So, um, what would you say if you had to pick two guys? Um, the one guy who I, I still don't understand why he's not in is Jeff Kent. Okay. I, I think Kent, second baseman wise, Put up crazy numbers, obviously. Yep. Um, I, 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 what about him compared to Chase Utley? Yeah, I, I would give him a little bit more. I, Utley's mm-hmm. a better fielder, so that probably gives him a little bit more of an edge, I think. But And I think that was his big drawback for me, yeah. um, right? They said he wasn't a good – I didn't think he was horrible at second. I thought he would say average. He was average. He was serviceable. Yeah, yeah I, didn't, I mean, the guy played every game, so – and, and he he played every game, and he also correct me if I'm wrong. He was pretty much the protection for Bonds in the lineup. And do you think playing with Bonds? Do you think that hurt his chances? No, I think he had the type of career that people are just going to overlook because he was so consistent. Mm. And the guy that 
I think a lot of people in the numbers era, the war era, that go crazy for that's not in the Hall of Fame, sticking with second base here for a second is Bobby Gritch. Bobby okay. Gritch is eighth in war for second baseman. What about uh, Willie Randolph? He is 16th in war. Okay. He's actually Lou above. Whitaker? He's actually above Kent. Kent is only 21st in war. Lou Whitaker? Lou Whitaker is up there. He is 13th. So, okay. I, yeah, I, I mean, to me, yeah, Lou Whitaker was a Hall of Famer in my mind. Randolph, what, like, I love Willie Randolph. I'm not, but was he a Hall uh, of Famer? I'm saying after the other guys. There's a, what I don't like is sometimes the order of people that get in. Yeah. If that makes any sense. Yeah, no, I, I know exactly what you mean. There's a, there's a big difference between being a first ballot Hall of Famer and then getting in when your grandkids can give the speech and you're dead for 10 years. Right. To me, at least. Yeah. No, that's true. Um, another couple of names. If you go with a Yankee, I mean, Nettles is right there. Yeah. Hall of Famer. Um, I don't know if he's... The thing is, once you, once you let in... Right, these Once guys. you let in player A, then there's another five right on his heels, like Scott right. Rowland at third base. Yep, I thought he should have went in. He's top ten. Okay. Um, Beltre's going to get in, so no sense. Yep. To him up. Um, yeah, so that's th- those would be my guys. Okay. Yeah, Jeff Kent was always the guy. I don't know, I because watching him, I always thought he was a Hall of Fame. Like the yes. offensive from the offensive side, without a doubt, he was a Hall of Fame. Right? I thought second baseman. I mean. I don't yeah, know. second base. We just made a case for what three or four guys, right? <laughs> so, yeah, no, they're all valid. I mean, I just like having that conversation. I would love to be in that room when yes. they're voting. Yeah, because I would love to know, like, why are you not putting him in? Or why are you not putting in? What? Well, yeah, what's the argument? What that he's not? He's not like Robinson Cano with his glove. And that's another guy. Cano would have made it, but he, yeah. I don't think he makes it in now. <laughs> I highly doubt it yeah i mean he literally got suspended twice so yeah he's <laughs> yeah <laughs> what about and then what, that what about manny ramirez oh geez no because he didn't he never tested positive right? he didn't test positive what, with did he? the dodgers oh wait that's right Towards at the, the end? end that's right that's right he got sloppy at the end that's right. He took something, right? A female thing or a... Yeah, or... and then he did the whole, I would have never knowingly... Right, right. <laughs> they yeah, all say Sure, that. sure. Because your livelihood is based on what you put into your body. <laughs> right. You never knowingly would have... Yeah. That is the okay. worst excuse in the world. Just yeah. say, I tried it. <laughs> yeah, Michael K says all the time on his show, he's like, I would have much more respect for you if you just said, look, I thought I was going to get away with it. I tried it. I'm sorry. I'll never yeah. do it again. That's all. That's why I appreciated Andy Pettit. He admitted it. Yep. He's, he's probably one of the few guys that came out and just said, yeah, I did it. I did it to, to come back quick from an injury. You know, that's the only time I took it. Now, without that, is he a Hall of Famer? You know what? I think he would be. Yeah. I really do with that postseason record. That there's there's a couple of Yankees there that we just listed. But Yeah. Andy Pettit, I think, would definitely make it if it wasn't for that. Yeah. You know, so, but. You know, in Yankee fans' minds, he is a Hall of Famer, and I would definitely say he was. But that that admission of taking steroids, even though it was only to get back for an injury, at least that's what he's saying. Even if you believe that, that's I always view Pettit as as I don't want to say poor man's, but as a poor man's Tom Glavin. 
Yeah, but a little with, bit. Yeah, he's like a uh, notch under. Just a notch under Glavin, but you knew what you were getting from him. He was a really good lefty in his day and age, pitching in a tough division, great in the postseason. That's that's the other thing. You know, like people talk about Messina, not a Hall of Famer. Look at the division. He had to yeah. pitch more than half his games in Camden and Yankee Stadium. Right. And you had in Fenway. Yeah. Another <laughs> another hit his ballpark. So three hit his ballpark. He played most pitched most of his games in. Look at the lineups he's going against. Yeah. In the steroid era. So yeah. On top of that. Yeah. <laughs> so <laughs> and that's Pettit too. Um, so, and then with, at least with Pettit, you could add in the postseason record. Yeah, and not as much, but no. With with Pettit, you can. I mean, it's just crazy. You put those postseason numbers in. It's that's what puts you over the top. I remember, I forgot on MLB Network when they have the the roundtable. Someone said it. I don't know if it was Reducci or one of them said. You, the postseason numbers are just like extra credit. You know, you you base a Hall of Fame on the on your regular season work. Yep. The postseason is just like extra credit. So if a guy is borderline and you give him the postseason, boom, that's a Hall of Famer. Like I think Schilling would be a great example of that. Yes. Schilling outside, you know, his postseason, not that he was average, but he was a pretty good pitcher. Was he a Hall of Famer regular season? Mm, you can make the argument to me. Players. Kurt Schilling is Jack Morris. Yeah, yeah, that, that's a that's a good comparison. really good. Right, he'll, he'll start a couple of um, opening days for you. He's a workhorse, but then in the postseason, he's just a beast. Yeah, and that, and that's what I think would have got him in. But I don't know. Maybe he does get in eventually. I, I think he will. He's, I think eventually he'll get in, but. Yeah, some of these guys they gotta put in. They're just they're just to me they're part of. Yeah, I mean, on the other hand, for me, it's it's a museum. It's it's a history of the game, and without them, there's no there's it's not a complete story. Right. And but that brings us to the other big point of the MLB coming up recently, in the past couple of days. Um, the MLB reportedly proposed a tax threshold of 180 million. So it would lower down to 180 before you get taxed, but then also a hundred million dollar salary floor to the players association. Yeah. I don't, I don't think they're going to go for that. <laughs> I, they would love a floor, right? Yes. Obviously, but I don't see them lowering that the top number, what 20 something million. Yeah. Uh, it would, it would be 30 million actually. Because right now be, it's two ten. Yep, two. It was two ten, and it's twenty to twenty percent tax on the first tier, and then thirty two percent tax on anything above two thirty, and then above two fifty is a sixty two and a half percent tax. <laughs> That's what it is right now. What it would be is a twenty five percent tax on any spending over one hundred eighty million. Mm. So you don't get the Dodgers don't get killed anymore with the 62%, but then there's a salary floor. There's a lot of things to, to, uh, like you said, this is because the bargain, the CBA is set to expire December 1st. Right. I mean, it's a good starting off point for them. Good starting off point. I am, but there's no way. 
there's no way the players association is going to okay a 30 million dollar drop on the right will they do it should they do it is the bigger question right I don't salary know. floor i definitely agree with a floor because every other sport has it right but you're almost you're almost it's almost socialism you're you're making teams that that are willing to go for it all and like the Dodgers, the Yankees, the Red Sox, that that taxed money is mm. going to be helped funneled back into right. The teams and I think it's doing floor. its job. I think it. I think it's done its job. Um, I, I just think that these. I think there's five or six that were below a hundred this year. Yes. Right? So teams seven so- had a luxury tax payroll below hundred. Yeah. See, that's not good. You know, like we were just talking about Baltimore. How horrible is it to be a Baltimore fan? If they spent a little bit more, yeah. would they be in a playoff position? No, but at least it would be enjoyable to watch. I don't think they'd lose 18 straight. Um, Pittsburgh, I would assume, is one of them. Um, you know, the one team you got to give a little bit to is Tampa Bay because they always have a low payroll and they're always, yeah. you know, they're always fighting for a playoff spot or in the playoffs. Mm-hmm. Or, for me, what I would do if I was commissioner for a day, I would do many things. But with the luxury tax, I would do a hard cap. That's it. No luxury tax. No threshold. Hard cap. Set it at, I don't know. Set it at some crazy arbitrary number, but it, you can't go over it. Right. I would do 210. I think 210 is not bad where it is. I would have even said like 225, but then no floor. Right. You, you could spend, you could spend, you could spend 25 million if you want, but you can't go over a certain number. If you yeah. want to try to be the smartest guy in the room and try to out money ball teams, go ahead. If you think you can sell that to your fans, like you said, I'm all for it. It's got to be tough. Yeah, I, I think you got to get a floor, though. You have to get something. You know, $100 million, I think, is not bad. That's if you Let's say if we go with what you're saying, the 225 that's less than half of the max. So that's still pretty good. I mean, and, you know, like these owners that are billionaires, you know, they're crying the blues like, oh, we can't. Oh, no, that's, it. yeah. I so mean, that's, don't get why me wrong. I, that's not why I'm for or against this. I just, I I would love the idea of having. See, to me, to me, I just don't like imposing a floor. I think if you can win with eighty million, if the Rays can win, let them. I I, I can understand that side of it, sure. That you know, because that's what's been going on. The only thing I look at is all the other sports have that. Have the have the floor, have the ceiling. Yeah. So that that's the only thing that kind of if I would if I were commissioner real quick, what I would do is have a relegation. Like oh no, I would love that. Top twenty teams make it, and then top twenty. Yeah. Same. Isn't same it way. with soccer? It's the worst team gets knocked out. Uh, out of the t- if I'm sorry, <laughs> let me rephrase that. It's twenty <laughs> teams, and the bottom three get knocked out. Okay, so it's year to year. Yep. It's not like because see, I would do it's 20 teams in the Premier Premier League. Okay. And then there's 
and then there's the next. So if know, we do it with Major League Baseball, it would be what the bottom. How far are you willing to go? I don't know. Well, we have 32 teams, right? So the bottom four, two from each league, the two yeah, worst. That sounds, yeah, that sounds pretty reasonable. See, I would like to do it over the over the average of like every five years or something. Mm, because, that might work too. Yeah. Because if you if you just do it year to year, I don't know. Uh, the only thing that would do think about think about players trying to sign deals, long term right. agreements. See that the the problem with it is. MLB will find a way. The one, the one blanket thing that MLB does that I hate is if they can find a way to convolute something, they do it. Yeah, exactly. Like if they can find a way to instead of saying one plus one equals two, they'll find a way to do it 0.5 plus 0.5 plus 0.3 divided by. They'll find a way to like just just make it so the average fan is like disgusted. Exactly. I just want them to simplify things. Right. Make it oh. simple. I totally agree. That's why I think a, a hard cap is probably the best bet. You know, this way there's no yep. you're gonna go over. You're going to spend this because you know what? Fans don't care if, if my team gets penalized uh, 40% of their, you know, like I, we don't yeah. care. I don't care. You're talking about a billionaire. He's got, this is. I remember a, after oh, the Red Sox signed Manny Ramirez to a huge contract, what was back then a huge contract. Ticket prices went up. Uh, like, who cares? Right. <laughs> Give me a World Series. I'll pay more for parking. Right. Like, just just do your best to win. Here's a here's a little example. The last ten years of the um, the first threshold that we're talking about, right? Mm-hmm. Twenty twelve, it was a hundred and seventy eight million. So that's ten years ago, and Major League Baseball is saying, let's go back to that. Wow. How is how are the players association gonna respond? I can see if they went from 210 down to 200, maybe. Uh, maybe, maybe. That's a I I don't see them going lower, to be honest. Yeah. I can see them they but they got I don't know. I'm, I'm just saying what they should do, not what yeah. they will do. What they no, will do, they, yeah, they're not gonna this is just a first um first offer. Yeah, just to leak like- it to the press and just yeah. to work from there yeah it's going to be interesting how it goes because it's going to get an it's going to get ugly this off season for sure do you think there's going to be a work stoppage oh i think there's not a- not that i mean obviously we both don't want work stoppage but what do I you could think see that i could see it happening i'm hoping not and i'm hoping cooler heads will prevail and they'll figure whatever and they won't get greedy because they're both they're, that's what it comes down to it comes down to greed and i get it whatever you're talking about billion, billions and billions of dollars here going back and forth. So right, but like then a, again, say if you're worth, say if you're worth fifty billion, whatever position you are in in Major League Baseball, and someone came to you and said, "Look, now that the CBA is going to expire, you can make fifty-five billion instead right. of 50. Sure, you're going to be open to that. I mean, like you said, greed. I mean, that runs things. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. like you said, I hope that they see the forest from the trees. Right, they kind of <laughs> can say, hey, "Look, I might make a couple billion more if I hold out, but you're gonna lose. You're gonna lose so much more, right? If you hold out, yeah. I think 
Oh, definitely. They they will because all that they, they don't have to look that far back. Look so what left. it took for Major League Baseball to quote unquote get back. Oh, it took them a few years for sure. It took them a few years and it took them steroids. Yeah. You really it want to go basically that? took them these wrestling slash football looking behemoths to get right, up to right. bat and to swing what looked like a toothpick and to hit it about 500 feet. And you know what? Major League Baseball- for a couple of summers. And then that got baseball back to where it used to be, not to even growing it. That and going a little further away is Cal Rickman too, I think with yep. know, the streak and all that. And yep. But they're in such a good spot. Like they're in a spot where they could take off if they really play their cards right. You know, if they keep the numbers to themselves. Yeah, like what they did this past week with the Little League Classic game. Yeah. You know, like, and the Field of Dreams. Field of Dreams, if they redo Cooperstown, do that for a weekend. The NFL does. Don't mess this up. You know, that's what I'm I'm praying. We're we're in that spot where, you know, you're on a roll. You're doing the right things. They said they're going to not give, uh, they're not going to do the, the seven inning double headers again, right? Yeah. Um, what was the other thing they said they weren't? The doing? extra base runner. Yes. Get rid of those two things. Yeah. Every fan in America wants those two things out. And so, I mean, think about you can look on every team, and there's at least one player that still should be in college that's on the major league roster. You have so much good young talent mm-hmm. right now that, like you said, don't screw it up by trying to get too greedy. Right. And that's, you know, it's going to happen, but. Cause that's all we're going to hear about how greedy they were blah, 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 blah. So yeah. I'm just praying, just, just get through this off season, do the right thing. Don't, don't get too greedy either side. Cause you can't take a side, you know, you can't pick a side in this cause they're both yeah. just fighting for what they want. So it, it'll be, let's just hope for the best. That's all I'm hoping for. <laughs> Ready for some, uh, some trivia. Yeah, man. I, I got oh. a good one for you too. So. All right, I got a couple of questions for you. They're all related to Derek Jeter. Okay. Who was the last New York Yankee to wear number two before Jeter? Was it Fernandez? Nope. No. Um, oh, number two, uh, Gallego? Yep, Mike Gallego. Okay. What has Derek Jeter never done in a game, in a professional game, postseason or regular season, with batting? Now – it's related to batting. Yeah. I'll say, I know he did one thing only once because I was, I was actually at the stadium when he did it. Um, so it's not that. It's not a grand slam, right? No. I think he did that against the Cubs, right? Yep. Yep. Off uh, Borowski. Borowski? Remember him? The yes. Okay. Not that many um, people remember him, but <laughs> did he ever not, not for hit, good reason. Did he ever not hit for the cycle? Exactly. Hmm. And then one more. This is Jeter is one of the answers. There are four players since 1940 to have the four most sacrifice bunts while still hitting over 250 home runs. Wow. So you're combining sacrifice bunts with career home runs. Jeter is on this list. He's a perfect example. There's three people above him that have more sacrifice bunts and 250 home runs. Hmm. That's a really good one. Uh, can't be anybody recent. Uh, we're playing one sort of recent. Yeah. There's three in each are in a different kind of generation. Okay. Um, uh, Robin. Yeah. Yes. 
<laughs> that was a good guess. Uh, all right. Um, not Tony Gwynn. No, mm-hmm. that's probably not 250 anyway. Uh, God, I would fire the manager who made him do a sack bunt. Yeah. Uh, not Ricky Henderson, right? No, that's a good guess, though. Yeah, I don't remember him bunting anyway. Um, or even if he did, how would you even consider what Ricky Anderson did as a sacrifice with yeah, his speed? Probably get a hit out of most of them anyway. Yep. Uh, one you're not going to guess. The other one is similar to Yount, Yount and Jeter as the way he played. All right, let's, let's break it down. Give me a, a league or a team or something. or Both in the Hall of Fame. Okay. They're both infielders. Okay. Ozzie Smith? No, Ozzie Smith, you're not too many. Like, what am I talking about? Ugh. Um, oh, man. One was known for his glove. Big time. Similar to, like, Ozzie Smith. Shortstop. Uh, I don't think you're going to get this guy. All right, go ahead. It's very random. Brooks Robinson. Oh, okay. Yeah, I right? never would have got that. You don't consider him with sack bunts. No, definitely not. Who's the, other? the other one is Craig Biggio. Hmm, all right. Yeah, that one. I similar to Yount and Jeter. Yeah, I should have guessed that one. Yeah. And then the the last one I have for you is how many ballparks do you think Jeter has a hit in? I would think all of them. 30, 31. Even more. Even more, right, because there's new stadiums. That's right. Yeah. Ooh. Um, so how high do you think that number goes? I'll say 37. Pretty good. 42. All right. <laughs> there you go. Yeah. Okay. No, those are good questions. I liked it. Um, all right. So I gave you a little bit of a hint earlier um, when we texted back. Uh, what happened on September 10th, 1999? September 10th, 1999. I think. Is this related to the Red Sox? Yeah, definitely. Okay. Red Sox, Yankees, think Pedro. Because I did say I have a good. Pedro. Oh, in Yankee Stadium against Clemens. The 20 strike, not 20 strikeout. Um, it was like a one nothing win. Yeah, uh, three one. Three to one. Okay. And it, was, um, and it was against Andy Pettit, not Clemens. Oh, okay. So how many K's did he have? 17. Correct. Okay. Just to show you. I thought it was against Clemens. I, you know what? I thought it was too. I know <laughs> but, there was one game there where Trot Nixon hit a home run against Clemens. Yeah. That was another one. That might've been a playoff game even. Maybe. Okay. So, okay. The, he did give up a home run. In the second inning, Pedro. Um, <laughs> second inning. So I'm assuming he went one, two, three in the first. So it's probably middle of the order. This is the only hit he gave up, too. Jesus. And only uh, one other guy. I'll got say him. Paul O'Neill. Uh, it was close. Chili Davis. Ooh. I was going to give you a little hint. But, um, okay. And he also hit somebody in the first inning. He probably hit Jeter. Hit Knobloch. Oh, 
And then and I was went. at the game where he hit Jeter and Knobloch and both went to the hospital. Oh, I remember that game. Oh, hit him on the wrist. Yep. Yeah. Uh, what was the other one? Oh, give me some guys. We're talking about that. Give me, give me some guys in in their starting lineup. The Red Sox. No, I'm not gonna answer the Yankee ones. In 1999. Yeah. Okay. Let's give me starting uh, first baseman. Ooh. Starting uh, first baseman. Hit a was a former there. Yankee. Correct. Mike Stanley. <laughs> right. Very good. Okay. What, now. Um. Give me the second baseman. I'm gonna say Ellis Burks, maybe. No. Oh. Give me the second baseman. Second base. Oh, I know him. The guy that um almost killed somebody in the minors. Oh, Jose Offerman. Yep. Shortstop is easy. Nomar. Right. How about oh third base? You get this. That's like a you win a this prize is, if you get this one. Oh boy. This is shot in the dark. This yeah. is either Lou Merloni or John Valentine? No and no. <laughs> John Valentine? Nope. <laughs> if I told you this guy's name, it'd be uh, uh the third baseman. Yeah, I'll give you one more guess and then I'm going to tell you cuz I don't think you're going to get it. He only played 2 years. The starter? Yeah, he was the starter. He was in the lineup, starting lineup. Oh, for this particular game. Yeah. I thought you meant for the whole year. No, okay. no. Utility game. man. Yeah, I think so. He recorded some hits that year, though. Yeah, yeah. He played. Like it's, uh, not like, it's not like he went like 0 for 2 and he was Kevin Cash. No, 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 no. <laughs> no he's, um, he's not, uh, what's his name? Moonlight Grant from uh, <laughs> The Dreams. <laughs> there was a guy with the name of Creighton. Nope. Nope. Okay, Jeff Fry. Nope. Damn. Then I'm going to have to ask you to the center fielder, too. Center fielder and right fielder. All right, third. Oh, base. I know the right fielder, Trot Nixon. Nope. Ah. <laughs> oh. <laughs> Let me give you the third base one first, and then you can start on the okay. third baseman was Wilton Varis. Oh, he was probably like twenty-two or twenty-three then. Yeah, something like that. Let me see. He was yeah twenty-one. And he and only was played against, one more year. This game was against Pettit. Yep. So yeah, next Nixon probably wouldn't be in the game. Lefty on lefty, Darren Lewis. Yep, that's the right fielder. And then who is center field? I know this guy had a great year for them right around that. This is the ALCS year, right? Ninety nine. Yep, the first yeah. time we played Jukes. Troy O'Leary. He was left field. Ooh. Who's center field? He <laughs> named um... just about all the outfielders already, so there's only, <laughs> there can't be many left that you could think of. The only other guy I can think of from that era, and I don't, I don't even know why, because he's completely forgettable, is Buford. There you go. That's him. I forgot his first name, though. Damon Buford. Oh, God. Who is the DH? He didn't name him yet, so. Former Met Butch Husky. There you go. All right. Good job. <laughs> Good job. And you know what? There's some numbers I wanted to say. Um, after Chili Davis's home run, check this out. After, after his home run, with two outs in the second inning, he retired the next 22 in a row. And that and, lineup was loaded. And 15 of them by Ks. That lineup was what? Knobloch, Jeter. O'Neill, Bernie. O'Neal, Tino. Bernie, Tino. 
Chili Davis batting what, like six or seven? Yeah. Ricky Leday, Scott Brocious, then Joe Girardi. Oh my God. And here, out of, and then nine out of the final 11, he K'd, and none of the final 11 hit it, hit the ball into fair territory. Wow. And do you know Pedro only won 20 games twice? That's, yeah, that's, that's hard to believe when you think about him, you know? No, it's, it's very hard to do, but. Like I said, Pedro is one of those guys where if you look at his stats, he's, I mean, he's going to wow you, but he doesn't have the 300 wins. He doesn't, it's just, it's just eye test with him too. Yeah. He's, he was just dominating. I mean, that's during his peak. I mean, and what was that? A four, one series in the ALCS for you guys? Uh, it yeah. wasn't a sweep, I don't think. No, I don't think so. We might have gotten one. Yeah. But this is a regular season game, too. September 10th, this was... Yep. Yeah, well, that's typical Red Sox during the curse. They play great when it's regular season, and then when it comes time for the playoffs, the Yankees are better. Yeah, we won four. Yeah, four to one. Yep. Well, you guys, I think, I think it's what is it, two and two now in the playoffs for us? Well, right. I, I think we're all four should count for more than one. I'm sorry. <laughs> oh, no, then all three should count more than one. Then, okay. All <laughs> three was painful. Oh, three was epic. Yeah. Oh, four, two. Trust me. It was that was the most. Yeah, 03 and 04 was like the zenith of well, both of us. <laughs> yeah. That was the high and the low. Yeah. <laughs> um, so. well, do you count 78? No, because that was technically game 163, wasn't it? Play in almost. Yeah. So yeah, two two. I think so, yeah. I think. Crazy, right? Yep. I mean, but it makes sense because that's you would think there'd be more though. I know. With all the Great years we've both had. You would think we would have met in the playoffs at some point, but you would have thought that it would have been like you know Mantle versus Williams. Yep. Maybe but like they, oh, Jimmy but they Fox the... versus. Um, but when did they? Eric or Dimaggio? When did they break into divisions, though? Oh, that's right. Yeah, I for a long time good. there, it was if you finished second, you were screwed. Right. <laughs> <laughs> that's pretty crazy when you think about it that way. But yeah, there were a lot of. I remember my grandfather saying there were teams like Cleveland, Boston, and Detroit. They would win like 98 games and, okay, you go home. Even before the wild card, you know, there were teams first and second, and you just didn't, if you didn't, you know, second place team, like right now, the central division, right? You got the, uh, oh no, I'm just, for example, I'm looking at the 99 season. I'm thinking it's this year, but even here, the Yankees won 98 games that year. The Red Sox won 94. Yeah. Wild card, they wouldn't have made it. Central Division, Astros, 97 games. Look at the 1998 year with the Yankees, how far ahead. I mean, obviously, you know this. 98, they were probably ahead of a team that won 90 games by what, 20-something? Right. The Red Sox won 92 games, and they were 22 games back. Wow. (laughs) (laughs) Like, how do you even tell that to your fans? You just got to literally tip your hat and just say the Yankees – they're and just if, better this year. 
you look at the other two divisions that year, the Indians won 89 games to win their division oh, and the Rangers won 88 games to win. That makes division. it even worse. Right. <laughs> Jesus. Yeah, the Braves were pretty close. They won 106 games that year. And they got forgotten, forgotten about. Yeah. And they won by 18 games over the Mets, who won 88. Astros <laughs> won 102 that year. Wow. And the Padres won 98 that year. Can you imagine winning 102 games in your third best record in baseball? <laughs> that is. That's crazy. And, and you didn't even get to the, uh, the pennant. Nope. That's, That's crazy. Yeah. All right. So unless you want to talk real quick about uh, Cincinnati or some of the other playoff teams. Yeah. I mean, right now, uh, Cincinnati's in the playoffs right now and Sandy and the Padres are not. I think that's the biggest shock right now. I mean, the crazy. Padres are not going to be in the playoffs right now. If it ended today. If it ended today, they would be what a game out. Half a yep. game out. One game out. One game behind Cincinnati. And Cincinnati's ten and a half behind the Dodgers. Yeah. I can't believe San Diego is, what, 12 games beyond L.A.? 13 right now. 13. And, wow. And, and what about just, what, a month ago, if you look at another division, look how, how much the Mets have fallen. There's seven games out of first place now. Atlanta's still. <laughs> That's incredible. A month ago, we were told my pick is free falling too. The Phillies, yeah, they're five out. Jeez, that is incredible how these teams just went from one extreme to another. Phillies, I understood. I mean, they just yeah, they had, they had nobody in their bullpen. Yeah, but I told you my theory. I picked the Phillies because I figured their their superstar was going to be healthy. Mm-hmm. Harper's healthy compared to Acuna and Lindor. And you know what? But the season's not over yet, so yeah, <laughs> no, I, you still might time. be right. The Phillies might win by ten games. The way things are just up and down in that division. The Reds are only seven and a half back of the Brewers. I don't know how many more times they face them, but yeah, that's uh, that's interesting. That's, I mean, it's a good two weeks, but still, if you face them six times and you get hot and you go like five and one, that cuts it in half right there. Cincinnati only plays Milwaukee three more times. Okay, so Cincinnati's got to win all three. Yeah. To make it interesting. But if they win all three, then you're looking at a four-game lead. And they don't play them until – oh, excuse me, they play the next three games at Milwaukee. There you go. <laughs> Things can get kind of interesting if the if Brewers get swept and they look back and they're like, we're only up by four now. And Cincinnati plays Pittsburgh three – Six, nine more times. Who's going to have the worst record in the league? Uh, Um, Right now, the Orioles have 85 losses. Diamondbacks have 83. The Rangers and the Pirates have 80. Mm. So the race for first pick. I would think the way too early Kumar Rocker pick. Yeah, I would think Baltimore. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) That's big. Uh, I would think Baltimore just because. That'd be pretty cool if Baltimore got Kumar Rocker mm-hmm. with that kid we were talking about before. Oof. One of them is bound to hit, right? Exactly. <laughs> One of them. Yep. I, I would just but, think if I had to bet some, I would think Baltimore only because of their schedule. You know, they're in the they're in a tougher division than any of them. 
True. Um, they still got you still got Baltimore six more times. Uh, Tampa, you're done with. The Yankees, you still got six more times. Toronto, you got nine, um, seven more times. You still got two more series with them. What does it mean? I'm looking on baseball reference and Arizona, it says their elimination number is E. So that means they're just done. They're eliminated. That I would think so. Yeah. I they're officially done. Good. Baltimore has one more game until they're eliminated from playoff contention. Ugh. I, I mean, can you imagine being eliminated in August? Ugh. I know San Francisco's having a great year and I know the Dodgers and the Padres have good teams, but still. That was Arizona. How do you sell that to fans? Exactly. Getting back to Peter as a Hall of Famer, I think he played one game that they were mathematically eliminated from the playoffs. Jesus. That's incredible. Yeah. (laughs) In his whole career. That's incredible. And then another (laughs) random one was Chipper Jones was one of only a handful of guys that never had a minor league plate appearance. Wow. I forget how many guys there were, but was it Winfield too? Probably. I, I don't know why he's coming to mind, but I think he's another guy that skipped right over. I think yeah. it was Winfield. Because I, I saw where um Chris Sale, when he was making his rehab starts, if you include the five he made, he's only pitched 17 games in the minors. Wow. So what about Harper? Didn't Harper come straight up too, or no? No, Harper was in the minors. He was in my area for a while in Rochester. Oh, okay. Hmm. Oh, okay. Yep. Well, I think we covered all the bases, literally. I think, so. I think we got everything. <laughs> so this is already next episode. is already episode 10. Nice. Wow. <laughs> so you can find us uh, at Talking Rivals on Twitter. We'll try to get a little more active there. Try to throw some polls up there and whatnot. And then you can follow us at our respective Twitter handles at Patrick Trotty and at CP7NY. Yep, that's mine. And we'll be tweeting about, you know, our respective teams. And I'll try not to go too crazy as the ship is sinking. <laughs> and uh, sinking. Chris, try not to gloat too much from, first from, <laughs> from the playoff spot. And um, you can catch us on Talking Rivals on uh, Apple, Spotify, wherever you get um, your podcasts. And we'll be back next Monday. All right. Take care. Bye.